0: Welcome to 10 Bestest.
1: Where we sift through the noise so you don't have to.
0: Each week we share our 10 favorite things of the moment.
1: Anything goes.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to 10 Bestest. I'm Karen McFarlane Holman.
1: And I'm Brian Hart.
0: And I get to go first this week, but I do want to remind you that we have a website where we have all of our show notes and the show notes for this episode will be at 10 slash direct. And the reason why it's direct is because of my first cool sheet. So this has to do with health. And I found out about this because I am a big fan of a former cool sheet, Mr. Money Mustache, that I've talked about. And he talked about recently in November 2020 direct care physician subscription service. Okay, this sounds a little bit boring, but oh my gosh, I was so excited when I found out about this, this direct care physician subscription you can get. It's a fairly new trend in the United States. But it really is returning to an old tradition. And that is a direct relationship between you and your doctor with no insurance company in the way. This totally makes sense. And especially because in this day and age, subscription services are everywhere. I feel like the very first one I had was Netflix. But then here we are with this possibility of having a monthly subscription with my doctor. So generally speaking, this is nationwide. There are physicians offices who do this currently. So this is a real thing. And the subscriptions tend to be somewhere between $75 and $100 in there. And for this, you get unlimited access to personalized medicine. It's really, really wild. So this is everything like diagnoses, prescriptions, if you have skin conditions, stitches, even a broken bone. Of course, it doesn't cover surgery, but it is pretty incredible just thinking about the paradigm shift really if people tend to go this way there is a website for this I checked in my hometown here in Salem Oregon and there are a couple offices that do that and I was really excited to find out about that so I highly recommend that you look into this especially those of you who don't aren't covered already through your employer direct care physician subscription service
1: Wow. I have never heard of such a thing. So now was your primary care doctor one of the ones listed? She's not. Okay. Yeah.
0: So there's a high chance you would have to switch.
1: Sure. But if it gets more and more people do it, they might need to, you know, more people might adopt it and do it. Hopefully it works out for them as well. For sure. Wow. Yeah. That's a really interesting idea. You know, I noticed that a lot of kind of virtual or therapists, there's been a lot of different companies that have been doing therapy. So you can uh-huh. get text messages or yes. phone calls or mm-hmm. they're doing it in a very unique way. I've heard of that before. And I think that's very cool because it's it's just a, a really neat way to, you know, a lot of people don't want to go to a an office and, and to uh, see a doctor, you know, sit on yeah, the couch exactly. and do things. It just seemed to open up, therapy to more people yep, especially a barrier. in the pandemic mm-hmm. then it became very relevant very quickly so this kind of seems like similar
0: yeah to that no, as it's, well it's really beautiful Just it removes it the middleman yeah. it removes the insurance companies yeah. and so it's really win-win from the patient point of view and the physician
1: that's great yeah Really cool. uh, my
0: dad was a doctor and I at one point I was thinking about medical school and he actually talked me out of it. Oh, and he wow. said it's not what it used to be. He's like back, you know, when I was a, a young doctor, it was I was taking care of patients, and that's what I felt like my job was and I loved it. And he said, yeah. Now it's a bunch of red tape and insurance mm-hmm. and all this stuff and he didn't like it. Mm. And I bet he would Love this. Well, that's he would have cool. Loved this.
1: So. Yeah, it became. I remember there was a documentary. I can't remember the name offhand, but yeah, how medicine has changed. How even personal care and mm-hmm. essentially they have fifteen-minute windows for every patient, and that is not enough to give someone a personalized. No, no way. Feel you know yeah. even if it's your regular doctor that you see all the time, fifteen minutes is nothing. That's like they have to come in. Boom, boom, boom. Here, what, what's your thing? Here, yep. Here's your prescription. Got to go, barely yeah. say hello, and I know that that is not what doctors want. No, people, you know, but who they want just have ex- to do it. Yeah, because yeah. it's kind of become the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was really excited to find out about that. Very so cool. thank you, Mister Money Mustache. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I forgot about that guy's name. Money Mustache is one of the best names out there.
0: And I have to say that that's several times now. We had Cool Sheets, and then I saw recently Tim Ferriss has talked with them. Like, he just oh, well, interviewed Mr. Money, Money Mustache.
1: Oh, wow. And I was I'll like, hey, Tim, out. did you get that from me? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thanks. Thanks for listening, Tim.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's our biggest fan. Yeah. Thanks, Tim.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's my pleasure. My first Cool Sheet is going to be a short film, and this is called More. It's created by Mark Osborne. And I don't know why I haven't talked about this. This is probably my favorite short film of all time. And it's really stuck with me since the the first time I saw it. It was actually nominated for an Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film in 1998. So it's older. But I still, to this day, anytime I think about it, I just remember the first time I saw it. And it's still very emotional for me, and it's very relevant to this day. So it's stop motion. And Mark Osborne went on to direct Kung Fu Panda and The Little Prince. So he became a very big director. And it starts out in this kind of very dystopian black-and-white scenario and these kind of humanoid-like beings. And first you just hear this these children laughing and what sounds like a merry-go-round like that creaking and then it shows one of the main character kind of wake up and he looks really tired and sad and this music is beautiful but kind of haunting and then he commutes on a bus and it shows him just staring out the window to these giant gray skyscrapers and you see this little advertisement of this thing called get happy and it's a yellow. It's the only thing that's yellow. And then he's in this factory line. He's working this big, giant assembly line. And it, he kind of looks up, sees his boss, and he's just... You could just feel his sadness. And then it just pans up and you see him that he's working on this cog thing called Happy. And I don't want to give away the rest of the film because it's so meaningful, but it takes such an amazing emotional turn various turns and it sticks with me it's about love and life and happiness and what you think might bring you happiness but in reality what really does it's just so beautiful i get emotional every time i watch it and i've watched it a lot it's a short film called more
0: (laughs) thank you i you know just from your description i think i've seen it Mm. But, but I don't know, but it was only because of the feeling that you just conveyed and that vision of him going to work and seeing, I need to, I need to see that. Is it on YouTube? It's on YouTube and,
1: and and that'll definitely be on our website, on our show notes. It's also Vimeo. Uh, It's uh, luckily it's, it's still available in a lot of different places. And I've posted it on Facebook a few times throughout the years, as, as I just come back to it, I've shown it at uh, Salem Cinema one time. I just, when we did uh-huh. private screenings and stuff, I showed it as one of my favorite short films. So I've definitely shown it and talked about it. But it's, so, it's just so beautiful. And it's amazing how in 98 to 2020, it is just as relevant. Wow. Because, you know, everybody's kind of searching for happiness and kind of in the wrong ways. And it deals mm-hmm. with a lot of that and... Uh, it's just I don't want to give too much away, yeah, but it is yeah. so so cool. No,
0: you did you just did a good job there of, uh, of peaking piquing interest <laughs> and not giving too much away. <laughs> so
1: that's what I was going for. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. Well, so we're gonna pause the podcast now. I'm gonna go watch it and yeah. then we'll come back.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's only five minutes, so Oh nice. It's okay. A, pretty short. All right.
0: Two. I can I can wait another twenty minutes before <laughs> I watch it. Okay, so I'm going to go on to my next cool sheet. And this is a very whimsical cool sheet. I love it. It has to do with tarot cards, which I don't know that much about. But I have several friends who are way, way into tarot cards. What this person did, this is actually a software engineer. And he was a US presidential candidate at one point, Akiva Leffert. And he designed a set of Ikea-themed tarot cards that tells your future using the art from the assembly manual instructions for, that Ikea uses. It is so funny. I love this so much because he's taken this... You know, we all, well, I should say we all, anyone who has assembled something from Ikea, you know, you can immediately visualize what the instructions look like. And Ikea being Swedish, being an international company, they want to make sure that they can make all of the instructions very clear by just showing pictures without having to use words. So tarot cards have wands, cups, swords, and chalices, I guess. And so they, uh, he made these different ones. And another thing I loved about it is the spelling. And so, for example, in tarot, there's a card called the tower, but he spelled it T-O with the umlaut W-R. Like, I'm just, I, I just found so much joy in just reading about it. And so there's this article, I'll give a link to the article about them it has pictures of them and the descriptions and it's just a fun little read and it turns out Ikea was totally fine with using it didn't get permission from them and they were like oh yeah that's great Uh, you know it's it's all good for them so pretty funny tarot cards predict your future in the form of ikea infographics
1: oh my gosh i love this so much (laughs) yeah that if you've ever been or seen anything and and almost who hasn't at this point yeah you can instantly visualize what those are look like but also i definitely want to see them right away because my visualization just is i'm already laughing yeah
0: No, I know. So and in tarot, there's there's a card called the lover's card. And Uh and I remember that one because it's just so cute. It's like these two guys who are like, yay, like we just built this thing together. (laughs) Yay. You know, it's so perfect.
1: Oh, gosh, that's Uh. so great. Yeah, Ikea. I remember the first time I went to Ikea because they finally got one in Portland and I was Uh like, I remember going there and I was like, this is like Disneyland for adults. Like, this oh, is so seriously? amazing. And then Ikea kind of, it got so, it was one of those that got so popular, it kind of became a almost a joke or people kind of make fun of it. But it's still, they're pretty flipping brilliant. Like yeah. everything about it, even to the meatballs that you can get at the cafeteria, uh-huh. the fact that... a Furniture place has a cafeteria. Is wild. Yes. I just, I still, I love everything about IKEA, and I still have IKEA furniture. And you know, I, I think, oh yeah, it, I no, love I, love
0: it. I do, I, <laughs> I do for it's sure. Great. Well, and another thing, this creator said was that, and it's so true. He said people go to IKEA during times of life changes like when they're starting college when they're moving in somewhere when they're breaking up when they're having a baby like all this stuff and so he was like ikea is rife with metaphors and so that's what gave him the idea to do these tarot cards and i was like whoa that's so (laughs) true it's so true
1: (sighs) very true all right well thank you so much that's great Okay, my next cool sheet, I, I actually almost started laughing in the middle of your cool sheet because I just look at this beginning screenshot of this video, and I just about lose it every time. It's So it's a music video, and it's called I'm a Flamingo, and it's a live performance by Marc Rublier, and he... <laughs> it's uh first of all i will say it's a hard r it doesn't start out that way it starts out and um, he has this piano and a loop machine and he dances he has like a gold robe on and boxer shorts and nothing else and he's dancing around singing this song about a flamingo and he's like you know nothing to see here just a flamingo just trying to get some wah-wah and then a the beat drops and it gets so dark and twisted and it's perfect in my sense of humor, my dark, crazy, twisted sense of humor. And I've sent it to a few people and they either say, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen or what the heck is wrong with you. Sometimes both <laughs> because it will have all of those reactions and it just gets like worse and worse and worse and and also more awesome and more awesome and this guy is super hilarious so I believe that this, all these songs that he does too are all improv so he's like an improv comedy musician and not surprisingly one of his biggest influences is reggie watts who i also love he was a cool sheet back in episode 145 uh so he definitely says that he saw him one time and he was like how can i do something like that but on my own twist and he uh, and then he got a loop machine and then he kind of put it away for a while but now he's been doing it now for five or six years and he did this pandemic where he live streamed i think for maybe every day for a week or a month or something. But he does these really short, kind of R, hard R-rated, crazy improv songs, sometimes in the middle of restaurants or at a drive through during the pandemic, a drive through concert. It's crazy. Definitely check it out. But this one especially, I'm a Flamingo.
0: Oh, that is so perfect. And it reminds me of that cool oh, yeah. sheet of the flamingos. Yes, yes, that's oh. right.
1: And I think I sent it to you. <laughs> Oh. One time about the flamingo dance But um
0: Wait, how come I don't remember that? I don't well, know
1: because I'm surprised it didn't trigger you Right away no, because it is yeah. Unbelievable Like I, I Listened to it the first time I listened to it I listened to it probably Three or four times <laughs> a day Every day for like At least a week and then Maybe every other day for a week Or two Is this in the kitchen? No, no. Okay. it's got this crazy green screen uh, behind him of all these like ridiculously weird stock footage of flamingos, but also acid trippy like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Behind. Okay, I'm
0: gonna have to watch it again, and then it will.
1: It it's, will trigger. It's so insane, and like I said, <laughs> you, it's vulgar, but uh. so crazy and I find it some people will be very disturbed by this and think there's something really wrong with me and they're probably <laughs> right but it hits every single part of my funny bone <laughs> like I just can't just thinking about it I start laughing almost yeah. uncontrollably
0: which is a beautiful thing <laughs> it is. I love that Yes. <laughs> alright I'll definitely watch it
1: um... oh shout out to Dean a coworker of mine who just moved but he was the one that Showed it to me the first time, and I am grateful Every, right. day, every time I watch it,
0: <laughs> yay, Dean! Uh, All right. Well, my next cool sheet. I'm going to be talking about. Ooh, speaking of trippy, this is this is a, some brain science, and this is a really recent journal article, a scientific article, where scientists were studying the brains, and they were specifically studying. This kind of inner GPS and now this isn't about whether or not you can find another location or you know how well you map things out in your mind. But rather the things you associate a memory with something that was happening in a location with that memory. And so they were doing this study with mice They would have the mice in a certain location and they would do things. They would have like a little sugar bowl in a certain place for them there and they'd have them do things and then they would get this reward. And then they would take the mice to another place that did not have the sugar bowl and they would stimulate certain parts of their brain with a laser and that would trigger their GPS and their memory connection with a different location with the previous location. And they would start looking where the sugar would have been. And they were all doing this. So the scientists were really excited actually, because there's all these issues with trying to understand memory and especially with memory loss with Alzheimer's. And so with this, there's this idea of, and I always I always get a little bit worried when people are talking about shooting lasers at things, especially at the brain, but that if they can figure out a way to understand the brain better, understand Alzheimer's, and then this whole location thing, they will be able to definitely address a lot of issues that are importance to us humans. So very exciting about a brain can made to teleport using lasers?
1: Wow! Holy moly! This I know. Is, well, this is a bunch of things that I like. I love science and brain science, especially. Wow! And lasers? Who doesn't like lasers? I know. <laughs> but lasers. yeah, but the brain to the la- laser to the brain—that's a that, yeah. That's a little different. That makes you pause a bit, <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, yeah. And I, but you know, super interesting. Uh,
0: right. What I didn't look at is what kind of laser, because if mm. you're using really low energy lasers, it's really not that big of a deal. And I would love to find out more about this. All I know is that it was published in Cell, which is a very high-level mm, biology okay. journal, and that everyone's really excited about it.
1: Wow, So very cool. I
0: took the salient pieces of it, but I don't know the details, but I'm excited to learn more.
1: Me too. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Awesome.
0: And I did want to remind everyone oh, that yeah. if they do want to find the links, they can go to 10 slash direct. Perfect. And that's 10 one zero.
1: Yes. Fantastic. All right. My next cool sheet. I was in some kind of mood when I made this list because this is also ridiculous. This is an Instagram account, and it is called influencers in the wild. And this is where the creators are the content. This is the actually the same guy that did uh, Tank's Good News or does Tank's Good News, who I talked about in episode 159. And this is an Instagram account, and you can actually submit to it. So he has a separate website where you can, if you find an influencer in the wild, you can send it to him, and then he might feature it on this Instagram page. And what it is, is basically a collection of people acting insane, (laughs) especially when you see it from afar. It's them taking videos of them either twerking in public or, Doing the most ridiculous things. And, you know, <laughs> we all do it. We take selfies. We do things like this. Certainly this is the like more absurd ones. But it's it's always funny when you, even though I've partaked sometimes, but seeing it, and especially in this context, because it's usually from across the street and it's just this person that just kind of looks around and then drops their pants a little bit and then starts shaking their butt and then they kind of pull it up real quick and you're like oh my gosh and sometimes even the people are like walking by filming them and they're just full on like oh it's an influencer in the wild <laughs> and- And then the people kind of just stop, and then they have various reactions. Some totally embrace it, like, yeah, that's right, you know? (laughs) Or some of them are like, hey, don't be filming me, even though I'm filming myself. But uh, you just scroll through it, and guaranteed laughter is ahead, which, again, is so great, especially right now, and any time, really. I just love watching this Instagram, Influencers in the Wild, (laughs)
0: Oh, man. I was laughing so hard while I, or trying to not laugh loudly. Um, so question, are these people, like when you say influencers, could it be just anybody? It's
1: anybody. Okay. They just, okay. Because everybody thinks they're an influencer or whatever. So most of the time, as I would say, oh, that's even these funnier. are nobodies or people oh. trying to be somebodies. I don't know if I've ever actually seen... I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't know yeah. most of the time, yeah. and sometimes it's people doing photo shoots. But also, they're in public. It just looks odd, like because they're usually this. Oh, I mean, just going to the page, the still shots <laughs> as this oh. guy on a fountain leaning against the cement with this fountain like shooting up over him, and he's got a thong on, <laughs> and his pants are. Skirt or whatever he's wearing is like hiked up and his butt cheeks are showing. It's just, it sounds like when and that's is... before you start the video, then when you see the video, oh, it's right. it yeah. even better. And one guy it was like this older guy, full gray hair, laying on his stomach on the beach, and he just full on he's like taking a video of his butt. <laughs> it was everybody all around him is just, oh, it's, oh it makes me laugh so much. It's the ridiculousness and just the reality that we live in all yeah. wrapped up in one.
0: Well, it does sound one of those things like if you're like, uh, I'm feeling just, you know, feeling a little down. <laughs> oh, I'm going to pull up Influencers in the Wild for like 10 seconds yeah. and, and now I, I'm laughing. Yeah,
1: and I love the name because it's very zoo-like, you know, like yeah. seeing animals in the wild and, right, you know, obviously that's what they're doing and they nailed it 100%.
0: Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> Uh, Oh,
0: that's hilarious. All right, cool. I'm going to move on to my next cool sheet. And I'm going to be talking about a gadget. And I'm going to be talking about a specific type of gadget generically, because honestly, I think everyone should look into and see which one is the best fit for them. But I wanted to encourage people to think about getting a microscope and the reason why this came about is that my younger son saved up his money and got one. And it reminded me that I had one when I was young as well. And I must say that that has changed our indoor life. And I started thinking about why that is and what what is the benefit of having a microscope? It seems like kind of uh, superficial or not superficial, but just, you know, an extra kind of thing you don't necessarily need, but... First off, there are a lot of people who are into astronomy. So if you're into science and you get, you know, you get a telescope and that's pretty common among people who are into astronomy. And then you think about, well, here is a way that you can connect with nature that is completely indoors. So it is perfect for winter and also... When I think about how we go outside to take walks and that is one way to connect with nature and you are looking at the trees around you or the mountains or the streams or whatever and that is one viewpoint of nature but there is a viewpoint of nature that we rarely see and that is looking through the lens of a microscope and looking at the microbes and looking at what your hair looks like and looking at getting even getting a drop of your blood and putting it on a slide. What does your blood look like? It is fascinating and it is nature and it's really fascinating and just a way to settle down and, um, and be calm as well. So I highly recommend people looking into getting a microscope.
1: Oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I've thought about that a few different times just recently, maybe in the last few years. Like, I need to get a microscope again. I never got a telescope. uh, Not that I didn't like the stars. Mm -hmm. Family just didn't do it. But I did get a microscope one time. And it kind of really changed my life. Like, it, it really opened up my eyes. And I didn't even know it at the time. That's why I might like science and things like that. Uh-huh. It took a while. There was definitely a big gap in my middle school, high school years where I was just not into science. I really wish I was because now I love it so much. I would have took so much more science. But I remember the first time I, got, I, I looked at my own blood and through a microscope yes. and I was just... It's like a whole different universe. Yeah. It's just... It's so... Undescribable. i remember it it's another one of those things that i remember like it was yesterday and i was you know eight or ten or something yeah i was super young and yeah and then i wanted to look at everything yeah oh i scope. know
0: you're like what else could i put under there <laughs> yeah
1: and and some some whatever happened it broke i you know i didn't use it anymore or whatever and i never got one again and i I have looked at it several times on Amazon and different places of like, I just want to get another one and do all of those things again.
0: Yeah. And I do, I recommend that people get one that is optical, not digital. I mean, you Mm. can absolutely get digital things where you can zoom in. Those are fine. Those are great. But there is something about the optics. You get better resolution. Things are a lot more crisp. You can see them like things that are still if it's just sitting there and it's just a lot more in terms of zooming in you can see a lot more with a lot more clarity
1: yeah and one
0: thing that's really fun to do is you could just go get even you could get um soil and then put a little bit of water in it and then get out the big chunks but you if you go to a nearby river or lake get a little bit of water
1: yeah. there is so, oh, much so much in there life Yeah, so much. Yeah, you'd I would have no idea. I was just yeah. I remember, yeah, it was so fascinating. Things like that, I definitely did that. Even just getting the slides out and Mm -hmm. putting the little cover, and how the water droplet then flattens out. Like everything about all of those experiences, I remember like it was yesterday, and it it was just so fascinating to me. Ah. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think, at least on a consumer level, digital microscopes were even available. So I definitely must have had an optical one. Yeah, I would definitely get an optical one again, but that's a good reminder. Because there's probably a ton of more digital ones or or those available more often, mm -hmm. probably.
0: It has made me want to buy a whole bunch. I mean, I don't have the money to do this, but it makes me want to buy a whole bunch and just give them out to every kid
1: yeah like every kid I know, should have a microscope oh my gosh yes uh so cool all right my next cool sheet is something very ridiculous again because it is the theme for these three <laughs> and it's an article by the new york times it's called what in the world is a 590 dollars scratch and sniff t-shirt doing in 2020 and it, that's a very good question earlier this year a luxury fashion house uh Lanvin released several varieties of scratch-and-sniff t-shirts priced at $590, shipping not included. Then it hiked it up over $600. And it came in uh, four sizes, three varieties, and two genders. So cherry for men, blackberry for women, and strawberry for both. And what this did for most people, like myself, is just have so many questions. Why those fruits for those genders? Why are there gender shirts in general? Why do you need a $600 scratch and sniff shirt, especially during a pandemic? Just totally insane. And that article definitely explores that. But what I really got out of the article that was super interesting is the science of scratch and sniff and how that became. So it goes into detail of that, how... Mr. Matson, I think uh, he joined a company, and one of his first jobs was to try to do something totally different but uh, Gail matson and he 's a chemist who grew up in a small town in Minnesota, and he was so he was trying to do something I think with ink and he he created of course, I love these science experiments that then turned into something totally different. And I didn't know that there are these itty-bitty plastic-coated balls filled with ses- scent substances that once they rupture, then that's what releases the smell. I've already run out of time because I was talking about the crazy stuff before you get into the interesting stuff. But that's definitely the super fascinating part of this article. What in the world is a $590 scratch-and-sniff t-shirt doing in 2020? Shoo, shoo.
0: Wow, I've never even thought about how Scratch and Sniff works. Yeah, and, so and it you kind of goes
1: into your your microscope. Me. You know, it's these yeah. kind of microscopic little tiny plastic capsules. And it's filled with a, a scent and also another chemical. And you might know what this is. So one part perfume oil and two parts dilatoplethylite. I don't know.
0: I'd have to look at yeah, it. That's yeah, that's what
1: it's... But it also, it goes into sense because, you know, banana does not mm-hmm. smell anything like a real banana, but we, if we scratch and sniffed and it smelled like a real banana, it would be weird to us. We would be like, what is this? Mm-hmm. This isn't banana. You, and same thing goes with taste. It goes into artificial flavoring and grape and watermelon and banana yeah, yeah. and how a lot of people have banana flavored things before in the United States, 10 years before they actually had bananas because they weren't Whoa. actually importing bananas. And yeah. so how weird would that have been when they tasted a real banana and tasted oh, nothing right. like the gross, chemically right. banana? <laughs> like, so the, the article is so fascinating. Oh, that um, is interesting. The whole shirt is also in a more weird and kind of gross, fascinating Way the fact that these exist, yeah, that people would buy them, and of course they would not smell for as long. And so then, are they only worth two hundred and fifty dollars instead of five hundred? once yeah. the cherry. Yeah, in the pandemic era, if you can smell it, you're probably too close to somebody. So maybe oh, it's right. that's the signal. <laughs> like, hey, can you smell cherry? Because if you can, why don't you back yes, up a little bit? It. <laughs> right. Like, uh, it's it's totally absurd but also super interesting.
0: That is interesting. And now that you say that, it totally makes sense that people had smelled the artificial banana before smelling the bananas because the smell of artificial banana is really easy to make in a chemistry lab. Like you can yeah. make it in a in an introductory chemistry oh, lab. Wow. And so, yeah, it makes sense they would make it and then put it in these things. Yeah, so. and it
1: goes in more in depth, of course, of... How they made these scents and flavors mm-hmm. and how they're like, okay, this is going to be cherry from now on. And this is going to be grape. Everybody yeah. knows what artificial grape tastes right. like. Right. And it's nothing like grapes.
0: <laughs> but it's weird because we perceive it as grape. Like we've yeah, learned that's absolutely. grape even though we don't like, mmm, tastes like a grape. Like, yeah. no, it's the grape
1: flavor like, yeah,
0: and smell. Yeah, it's and weird.
1: it's that, that's... So fascinating to me yeah. that we still, yeah, because if it was different, if it was more grape like, we'd be like, oh, that's not grape. Right. <laughs> it's like, actually, that is grape. <laughs> the <laughs> and, real and grape. grape is not grape, yeah. but it is grape. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's so, uh, it was a very interesting article yeah. to me.
0: Oh, very fascinating. Okay, well, I am to my last cool sheet. And I'm going to be talking about this, I don't know if I can call it a website, I mean, it is portrayed on a website, but there's so much more to this, a movement kind of thing. And Brian, I was positive you had talked about this, and I searched, and I searched through our database, and I don't think you have, but maybe, anyway, I'm going to talk about it now, and then you can be like, I talked about that in episode 33. Anyway, it's The Buried Life, okay, so these are guys the four guys started this in 2006 and they were just kind of hanging out and feeling apathetic. And then they just, you know, got inspired to cross off to make first a huge list of all the things they wanted to do before they died and then start crossing them off the list. And so one of the things on this list was to make a cross country road trip across North America they I believe they're actually from Canada but across North America and eventually they got to the point just I think within 3 years or so they became co-executive producers of their own MTV series in the US and called The Buried Life and so they were being aired millions and millions of homes and And around the US and countries, nation or worldwide, and asking this question, what do you want to do before you die? And so it was a show and then they made a book. And what's really incredible, I think, is that they had things on their list that were like, be on Oprah's show and do a skit with Will Ferrell and play basketball with Obama, like things I would never put on my list because I would just think it was impossible but lo and behold, they have done those. So what's awesome about their website, if you go there, they still have this huge list and they will show you the things that they still haven't done. And it's, it's so fascinating. I love their story. I love everything. They've done books and they've they have given away tons of money to charities and, and they're just, it's a really great movement that they have started. The Buried Life. Shoo, shoo.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's interesting, because I swear I've talked about them before, too. Yeah. And I might have just talked about maybe an article or a podcast with them on it, uh, with the Obama part, especially, or something. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds super familiar, but I couldn't look it up either when I just did. But I definitely... Yeah. Talked about so it reminded that. I me their book. of I, the project I, yeah. you did,
0: you and Carly. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's very similar. I don't know
0: how many years ago, but what was it called? Before I die. Before I die. die Wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, and they, I have talked about. I'm pretty sure a group of guys that are similar and buried life actually inspired them. Completely made them want to do, and now I'm I'm having a hard time finding their names. Or in their, whatever, their buried life, it's called something else. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that their logo is like, or their mantra is seek discomfort. But they're totally like friends with them. And, you know, so not only did it inspire them, but then Mm -hmm. they met them and they, so they're friends. And it was one of those where they became actually kind of more popular than the buried life guys. As far oh. as like their YouTube channel uh-huh. and things like that, which is always kind of weird because it's like the f- first people just didn't get as much play as the the guys. That yeah, that totally almost happens. copycatted them, but in mm-hmm. a very respectful. way you know, it's not a competition at all between them. Like I said, they're friends, but uh, they've also done a ton of things. They're the ones that. Bungie jumped off a helicopter with Will Smith on his 50th birthday. Yes Theory is the name of them. And that's – so they've actually become, like, more popular Mm -hmm. than than Buried Life, but – yeah they're both I know I'm almost positive that I've talked about yes theory yeah um, so that maybe that's why me. and maybe that's when yeah, I mentioned
0: them possibly right I think combination um, of you having done before I die wall and then yeah, talked yeah, about sure yes that. theory yep. but anyway I love their website I, yeah. I go back and I check on it and kind of see what they're up to and it's it's really wonderful yeah everything, their their they whole mission. Kinda,
1: I think they kind of took a break for a while too but it seems like they're more active lately yeah
0: well one of them wanted to finish his PhD and so he Mm. went back to the UK and did that so they've all kind of gone off and to do their own things that they wanted to do which is awesome you know because it sounds like this all started from them all sitting around not doing much and then now they created this thing together and then now they're all off doing their own things but I think they do still do partner on stuff and yeah
1: it's pretty great yeah. So, yeah, I talked about Yes Theory back in episode 115. So, cool. a while ago, they're both very cool. And I love that they did very similar things, but put their own twist on it. And yeah. their friends. Like, they're totally fine with it, you know, because there could be some animosity if you just kind of did the thing first and then the other guys became way more popular. Mm-hmm. That could maybe cause ill feelings, but not at all. Not on That's either great. side, which is cool really really great and the yes theory guys are very quick to say no it's we're doing this because of them like they totally inspired That's us great. to do give this give them props yeah cool Very cool. That's awesome. All right, my last cool sheet is a podcast, and this is called The Cocky Ride Home. So I just talked about cocky.org a few episodes ago. That was my secret weapon to all my cool sheets. And then while I was talking about it, I thought about should I lump in the podcast as well? But really, it deserved its own cool sheet. I don't always do that, but sometimes I do. And it's because this podcast, it's a Monday through Friday. It's usually 15 minutes or less. And obviously, it comes out in the afternoon, so it's perfect for my commute home. That's hence the name, Key Ride Home. That's, that was by design. It's hosted by Jackson Bird, and it is certainly related to the blog But they very intentionally try to feature, I think it even might be five things. It's very similar to our show only it's news. It's usually five things in the news today or a few things or something. I'm not sure if they have a set number of things that are in the news today. So we have a little bit more varied topics and we do 10, but I love it because it's very similar and it's not so he tries not to talk about things that are on the blog. So different things. Sometimes he'll springboard off of something off the blog or one of the quick links, but usually it's its own thing, but very similar. So since I love Love Kaki, the blog, so much the podcast was easily in, like it just fit right into my daily rotation. So I listened to it five days a week and I love it. It's so great. It's usually pretty interesting or fun, just things that I like, things that I'm curious about. In fact, the article, that last one about the crazy 500. 90 or whatever dollar scratch and sniff was from that podcast so that's the reason why that was even on my radar is because of this great podcast and i'm sure it won't be the last cool sheet that i cherry pick from it it's the kotki ride home podcast
0: oh i think i would really like that i like that idea of i this think so too consistency and it's only 15 minutes and yeah.
1: so it's super short yeah it's and it's Monday through Friday. I can't even imagine. I mean, just oh, doing no, our show either. once a week <laughs> is staggering. Uh, so props to Jackson yeah. uh, Bird for doing this uh, Monday through Friday. Right. Very, very great. And yeah, and I'll be
0: I'll be sure to not take any cool sheets from it if I start <laughs> listening to it. <laughs> well, you
1: can, and then it'll be interesting if we ever yeah. if we ever copy because it'd be hard to copyright every single one. There's because uh, I'm not going to do all of them. <laughs> Uh, because they're all good and it's also very timely he he Mm. i I really like because he will talk about so once the pfizer came up with this vaccine right away he talked Uh about it but then he he kind of branches off though also and talks about maybe the history of vaccines and kind of goes down the rabbit hole like we do a lot of the times too it's just so great it's definitely if you like this podcast you'll love that one as well yeah
0: oh it sounds great All right. Well, that's a wrap for another episode. I want to remind all of you that if you want to check out the show notes or any of the links for all the things we talk about, you can go to 10 slash direct for this episode. And that's 10 with a one zero. And as always, we want to remind you to stay curious. Want to learn more about this week's Cool Sheets?
1: Head on over to 10bestus, that's 10bestus.com, for links to all of our Cool Sheets.
0: And sign up for our monthly newsletter with bonus Cool Sheets and other fun
1: stuff. 10 Bestus will be back with an all-new episode next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern.